Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, better than this. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't do this shit. But... What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday, Takes on Takes edition of the show. Tons of good talking points to get to, and I guess uh, the Dolphins have yet another first-round pick. You smell that? I I was confused. I thought that might have been smelling salts for Adam Gase at the beginning of a preseason. No, 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 no. It's, that's, that's, uh, that's pick season, baby. <laughs> for the top 33, we're coming in hot. Pittsburgh be- really, Pittsburgh really... Lost Ben Roethlisberger yeah. on Sunday and then decided to trade a number one pick in 2020 for Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, and they're 0-2, right? So it's... And they're like, yeah, they're already 0-2. I think there's a belief, obviously, for Pittsburgh that they like Rudolph, right? That's that's a big vote of confidence for him, but, I mean, certainly risky and, and potentially giving up a top, top 10, top 15 pick probably at the worst. Well, and it's like if – if Mason Rudolph takes them to seven and seven, seven and nine, right? That pick is no better than, or no worse than fifteen. That's about where the Dolphins are used to picking, right? That'd be like their normal first round pick. And they spent eleven on Minka in twenty eighteen. Yeah. So you've effectively broke even. Yeah. With a player that didn't want to be there, and dude, are are you seeing the proposals from teams for Jalen Ramsey? Uh, what are they, Tunsil esque? No. There's an offer from an AFC team that is a 2021st and a 2021 fifth. And there's an offer from an NFC team that is a 2021st and a player from another team in a proposed three-way trade. It's interesting. So, Um, yeah, the variables are different, right? Like like the contract that you have to pay Jalen, and he's kind of an asshole. Of course. And (laughs) I would be very apprehensive about bringing Jalen into my locker room just because – He's made it very clear. He's ready to graduate off that rookie contract. He wants to get paid yeah. and he wants to win. But yeah. Joe, he's be twenty million dollar a year corner, right? The like, teams that are going to be trading for Jalen Ramsey are teams that are going to be in the playoffs, and are the teams that are going to be picking in the mid to high twenties. Yeah, that's Dolphins a good point. Dolphins trade Minka Fitzpatrick for a pick that's going to be at least ten spots higher than that. I am going to give you a six pack of takes on the Dolphins tanking. Uh, I've kind of held a lot of these takes in. But I've been thinking about them a lot. They're coming out for you on Thursday. Very well, let good. me ask you this. Let me yeah. ask you this. Yeah. Here's the only thing that I can think of with Minka. And you and I talked about this before the trade went down. And there was some hope that potentially you could get more than you gave for him, right? So, like, yeah. a, a one, maybe a, a two, maybe ambitious. But you kind of, you know, something else, right? The, to me, it, what's interesting, right, is it's kind of a one-for-one. One. You, you traded uh, – you got a one back for him. You invested a one in him. But we kind of know that he's going to be good, right? There's been – the indications that he's going to be good. 
Is that a reason enough to be like, eh, maybe you wish they got like a three back or something? Because they gave up the four, which let's be honest, that's going to be close to a top 100 pick. Yeah. They also get a five back. So it's like it was a pick swap. They traded down. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get that for sure. But it, that could be, I mean, that could be a, I don't know, a 70, 70, 70 point swap there, right? Like pretty significant potential. Sure. But here's really where I feel like the Dolphins, Chris Greer, had their general manager, had a press conference today. And he talked about uh, they want they don't want a rebuild process that's going to take three years. They want to start being competitive and take advantage of the fact that you know they've done the band aid model. They've ripped everything off. You have to bottom out this year, and you need to move forward. I think what's going to be really important for the Dolphins to do. I don't know if they'll do it this year. I, I I'm sure they will at some point, but start kicking some of these picks down the road, right? Like if you've got picks that end up being 1, 12, and the Houston pick is 25, and you get a team in the early second round that wants to trade up into the first, I'm trading back eight spots, picking up a second second round pick this year, and picking up another first round pick next year. You know what I mean? It's like that's how yeah. they, they've really allocated, and they're sitting on this mountain of picks now. Keep turning it into more picks down the road. Don't trade away from blue chip players by any means. But take advantage of those situations where you look at your draft board and you have an opportunity to continue to add and stockpile to this because that's how it's going to be a sustainable model for them. Just make sure you don't come away with a uh, three first round pick haul of Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, and DeAndre Baker. Just, no. just, <laughs> just make sure you don't do that. I actually wrote about, and I should reference this on uh, on Twitter. I wrote uh, an article before the draft about the history of teams with three first round picks, and it's pretty. Uh, Pretty interesting. So I'll uh, I'll have to share that on the timeline. But uh, you ready to do some takes? Let's do the takes. The Dolphin segment today went a little long, but hey, this is a draft podcast, and the Miami Dolphins are the NFL yes, draft they, for the next two years. So are, I mean, <laughs> it is unbelievable, man. I was born for this. I I could not be more honored to get to go through this ride with you over the next couple of years. You want this first one, Kyle? Because no, this, this should be for you. Okay. I know what your answer is going to be, but I don't want to. I don't want to address that. I guess I'm more interested in what your answer is going to be. That's what Adam Huddle's guess. trying to get us divorce to divorce each other a couple I know. times. He's he's he's, he's trying he's, to drive the your kind of guy, team. right? <laughs> the Bills are the worst of the two and zero NFL teams. Takes on takes. San Francisco's worse than the Bills, right? At this so, point, at this point, I like the Bills roster more than I like the 49ers right. roster. So the same, so it's incorrect. The 49ers are the worst two and O team. Oh, 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 special, special take here that just oh just came in. Let's get this one in. Uh it's from at the Joe Marino. Uh he says, Kyle, um, are the turnover concerns for Josh Allen overblown? He averages 1.29 turnovers per game played, but Baker Mayfield averages 1.31 turnovers per game played is is the turnover hype too much directed towards Josh? And maybe there should be some for Baker Mayfield. I think you look at the <laughs> passing output of those two players and they tell very different stories and more willing to live with the turnovers that you get. If they're relatively equal with how much more extra plus I get from Baker Mayfield in the passing offense at oh. this point, at this point in time. Yeah. Josh Allen has a winning record as a starting quarterback for the Bills. Something oh, Baker Mayfield wow. cannot say. QB, QB wins. 
Joe Marino. Hey, That's hey, great. Lamar, Lamar Jackson. All I'm saying, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, the only two 2018 quarterbacks that have winning records as starters in the NFL. The only two. Did you, Sam Darnold's got a big old hole to get himself out of, and Baker is climbing close. Did you see uh, since the start of 2017? Uh, this this came out when it was announced that uh, Daniel Jones is starting for for over Eli Manning this week. From t- the start of 2017 to now, do you know what the New York Giants' record is as a football team? Since the start of 2017? 17. So 2017, 2018, first two games of 2019. Oh, they've probably won like seven or eight games. They're probably like eight and 29. Yeah, I think they're like eight and 26. Yeah, yeah. I just did a bunch of work on this because I was getting ready for the Giants. Do you know what the Browns' record is over that same time span? It's probably, it might be better. No, 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 wait, wait. They they had like an 0 16 year. Uh, Six and 31. Joe is. 825 and one. The Browns oh. since 2017 have a better record than the New York Giants. Jesus. And Eli Manning, is, assuming Eli Manning is done as starting quarterback in the NFL, and if he started his last game, he will finish with 116 wins and 116, 116 losses. losses. <laughs> How about that? Undefeated in Super Bowls against the Patriots, though. Hey, you know what? And that's all I care about. Uh, all right. We got to pick up the pace here. Here we go. This one comes from Trevor Joseph to you after usurping Drew Brees. You know what that means? That's a Game of Thrones reference. I know. And he actually hashtagged it with old vocabulary for Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Trevor's the man, dude. I swear. You guys need to follow him on Twitter. He's fun. He knows a lot about football too. After usurping Drew Brees on the depth chart due to injury, Teddy Bridgewater will show out so much that the Steelers will make the Saints an offer they can't refuse for Teddy two gloves at the trade deadline. Well, can't see this one materializing based on what Pittsburgh has already done with some of their assets. Um, Teddy Two Gloves, listen, your objective is very simple. You spurn the Miami Dolphins to come back to New Orleans because you like this situation. You're yeah. now in the driver's seat as a starting quarterback for the next six games, at least 500 or better, protect the football. That's all I got to see from Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not expecting him to light it up. Right but I want to see him take care of the football and keep this offense relatively on schedule. Uh, Take from Bennett. With the lack of offensive playmakers for Russell Wilson to work with, DK Metcalf will step up and become only the fourth wide receiver in the last two decades to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. He turns like a battleship, but he's off to a great start, huh, Kyle? It's almost uh, man. like he can run routes in straight lines and stuff. Yeah, yeah it's not right, right. Uh, okay, uh, I don't think this is going to happen. Kyler's like passing for 300 yards every game. That's going to be important. Josh Jacobs has been pretty productive. I, I don't know. I, I think I think if Kyler's halfway decent, if he plays exactly like he has, starts getting a few more touchdowns, then he's going to claim this thing, right? Vontel says, between the Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers, who do you think is most likely to fall after their 2-0 starts and miss the playoffs? Uh, the 49ers. Because they still have to play four games against the Rams and Seahawks. Yeah. I just trust those other rosters better. At this point, you know, I caught a lot of flack from 49ers fans, and I'm like, Kyle, they played. It doesn't matter. You play the games on your schedule, and they, they've looked great in both games. And you're right. But my imp- I'm not going to change my impression of a team based on a two-game sample size. Right? Somebody say, well, you're essentially ignoring 10% of the season. No, I'm not. I, I'm not going to make drastic changes of opinions of teams – Jimmy Garoppolo had less than 400 career pass attempts coming into this season. Yeah. No, the 49ers have young skill players. 
Nick Bosa, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Like there, there's a lot, a lot of questions and they may go on to have a great season and finish like 10 and six. And if they do, I will tip my cap and say, Hey, you know, they, they really stepped up really impressed by the, by the development of the San Francisco 49ers this year. But I can't make that snap decision when I wasn't a huge fan of the team before the season based off two games against Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. And the only reason they beat Tampa Bay is because James threw two pick sixes. Yeah. I'm taking the under on the 10 wins, by the way, if that's if that's what we're setting at. Give me the under still. Well, you know, San Francisco, I mean, they're, they're, their fans were gobbling it up. Give me all the disrespect. That's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, okay, like, I th- this is a fluid situation. But based on where I was before the season, I'm not going to do a 180 based on these two games. I need to see more. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for you. Visit BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. We got a whole lot more to get to right after this. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and it's only fitting that this important interruption is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below the belt grooming. Have you thought about what you're getting your loved one this year? Or maybe you want to give the gift of sweet smelling Grundle Bliss to your partner. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Whether you're the only one who gets to see what's going on down there or you're one of many, do you, your partner, and everyone else a favor and introduce yourself to this revolutionary company. Manscaped just launched their brand new Perfect Package. Inside the Manscaped Perfect Package, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which features skin-safe technology and will prevent you or your man from cutting his nuts. Speaking of smelling nice, let's be real. No one wants to carry around that locker room smell with them. That's why I am thankful for the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your crotchal region from sweating, smelling, and sticking. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that'll keep that junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to this new new. Give the gift that will make your Valentine's Day spicy. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code locked on to get 20% off and free shipping. Ladies, this is the perfect gift for you and your man and men. Your partner will thank you. Trust me, he will thank you. And guess who else will thank you? Your balls will thank you. 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code locked on at manscaped.com. All right, we're back. Take from Bull Bittler. The talent gap between Chase Young and AJ Epinesa is bigger than the talent gap between Tua Tungavaiola and Justin Herbert. This is my favorite one that got sent in this week. It's an that's interesting a, take. It's a great, it's, that's fun. Um, man, here's the deal, right? 
And I've been thinking a lot about Tua, and I love player one. I hope the Dolphins don't get him because I love Tua, all right? You're going to get him, and it's going to be weird for me, okay? I already got it. Um, Tua is not the most talented quarterback, right? Like, from a talent perspective, he's not the biggest. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's got plenty of arm. It's not the biggest. He's not the most athletic, despite his style of play. Like, from a talent perspective, Justin Herbert's more talented. He's better physical traits. And I'm so, not, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Right. So, it, it, and I, all that being said, two is still player one for me. So, I'm with it. I think this is a good take. The talent gap between Young and Epinesa. No, wait. It's the opposite of a good take. The talent gap between <laughs> Tagovailoa and Herbert is bigger than Young and Epinesa. No, it's not. You just said Herbert is more talented than Tagovailoa. Physically talented. Yeah, wait, wait. I, I'm talking myself in circles here. Yeah. What am I? I'm trying to say that there's a bigger gap in talent between Tua and Herbert than there is in Young and Epinesa. And you think Tua has better talent? No, I think Herbert has better talent. So you agree with the Tate because he's saying Tunga Viola is not further ahead than Herbert than Young is ahead of Epinesa. No, his take is that the gap between Young and Epinesa is bigger than the gap between Tagovailoa and Herbert. There's more distance between Young and Epinesa than there is in Tua and Herbert, and I disagree. I think there's a bigger gap in talent, exclusively talent, between Herbert and, and, and but Tua. You, but you favor Herbert over Tua. In terms of talent, terms I like Tua talent, as a yes. better prospect. Yeah. yeah, like a much better prospect to me. Okay. Sorry for everyone that we just confused the hell out of. I'm still I'm still not sure we're on the same page, but that's okay. We're gonna keep rolling. <laughs> All right, Will Mims. Uh, this is a turn in take. Will Mims. Uh, it's the worst turned... take of the day, by the way. It is, and it's this is fitting for you. Will Mims turned in by Jock Goner. Will says Omar, referring to Omar Kelly, Dolphins writer. I respect you, but I'm gonna laugh so hard when Tua isn't even a top three quarterback drafted in this year's draft. You know what I'm really looking forward to, Joe? What's that? Tomorrow on the Draft Network, I'm writing an article entitled How to, and in parentheses, not scout quarterbacks. And it's going to be this, like, parody-style article making fun of all of these stupid narratives that we're starting to hear about Tua. Specifically, he went to Alabama, so he can't be a good pro quarterback, for example. <laughs> like, and, and that's what I'm going to write about for tomorrow for the site. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this comes out because I've been thinking about it for a couple days now, and I think I got some good stuff in the hopper. This is a shit take for yep. what it's worth. Yeah. Um, this comes from Doctor. I don't know Doctor Who, just Doctor. Uh, Dak's impressive start means nothing as he went up against bad defenses, and his mediocrity will be on display when he goes up against an even half competent defense. Takes on takes. Ouch. I like what that. I, I like what Dak's doing. I do. Dak looks I phenomenal. Mean, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, like he had a perfect ra- rating against the Giants' defense. So, like, yeah, he played a bad defense, but like he was perfect. <laughs> and I think he uh, threw that, five incompletions against Washington. Yeah, so like I'm I'm in, right? It's 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 about a, a a player that's talented, that's growing, that's getting in an improved situation with Kellen Moore's scheme and 
he's got receivers around him, you know, like it's what, I, I don't know. Like I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be not impressed until uh, he gives me reason uh, to be. And, and I think he's playing really well. And I think that'll continue. Corey Hayes says with a bunch of quarterbacks struggling or getting injured, we will see at least seven quarterbacks drafted within the first three rounds of the 2020 draft seven cut. That's a lot. <laughs> um, all right. Tua. Yes. Herbert. Yes. Love. Yes. From. Yes. I'm assuming all four of those guys are in, right? I think from stays. I think he's staying in school. He stays. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel very certain about it. Yes. I'm going to assume he comes out for the sake of this argument. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. All right. So that's four. Okay. Uh, at this point, if Joe Burrow continues playing the way that he is, probably going to be a top 100 pick, right? Yep. Jake Eason. Mm-hmm. He looked pretty good. You know, he was good week one. He wasn't great against Cal. I think there was some weather issues there too, weren't there? Oh, yeah. When, I don't know. When, when that game like significantly like in the middle delayed of the night. with weather. Yeah. 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 I fell asleep. I would have loved to yeah, watch it. I think I think it was I think it was a wet game. But then he looked good again last week. Yeah. Had a chance to see some of them. So uh that's six. Hurts. Hertz is probably going to end up. Yeah, I'm in on this tape. Wait, let's get let's get at least one more so that if Fromm goes back, we can cover our ass. Uh, I'm just going to throw some names out there. I don't necessarily agree with them. Nate Stanley, no. Uh, Jarek Garantano, no. Uh, Ellinger, no. He's staying. There's zero percent chance he comes out. He's not there yet. Kellen Mond, don't think he comes out either. Don't think he's ready. He's talented, but I don't think he's ready. Uh, I don't know. Is there any Costello? Yeah. I mean, you want Brock Osweiler (laughs) 2.0? It's not about whether or not you want him or not. It's whether we're predicting he goes in the top three rounds. Right. And like, there's, there's some redeeming qualities for KJ, but he's so long. Yeah. He requires so much space to operate. Reminds me so much of Osweiler. And I think that it really impacts his accuracy at times. So, um, I think if Fromm comes out, there's a good take. How's that? All right. Uh, take from Dennis. A lot of good tweets from Dennis in my uh, my timeline over the course of the past week. I want to give Dennis a shout-out. Grant Calcaterra's lack of production is going to unsettle him and teams regarding the NFL draft. He should remain in school for a senior year and explore favorable transfer options. Oklahoma is a bad spot for him. Uh, see, this was a weird one for me because like, I think Oklahoma's proven with Mark Andrews that their style of tight end works in the NFL, right? Like it's desirable. And Calcaterra's got really good hands, and he's got a little bit of juice to him. You know, he's he's a big slot. Let's be honest about him. I don't think he gives you much in line. But I don't – I mean, is a transfer and all this type of stuff going to be the best thing for him in his draft stock? I don't know. I think he's either declaring or coming back to Oklahoma. Yeah, I have a hard time seeing a trans – Dennis, maybe you can give us an example of a, a school you could envision. Yeah. Because I don't think you'll get a lot more – opportunities to, to showcase your receiving skills right right at the end of a hard week it's great to sit down take some time off and watch some football game winning touchdowns two minute drives running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them there's nothing else like the nfl and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them so do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag no one gives you more ways to win than they do my bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any sports book don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, and it's where you should too. Wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. 
do the smart thing. If you're going to bet football this season, bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Got more to get to right after this. This is NFL Under Review, local experts on the biggest NFL stories. The NFL Honors Award Show was last week and one surprise when it came to Defensive Player of the Year. This is Bear Motter with your Los Angeles Rams update from Lockdown Rams. Aaron Donald would have been the first player in NFL history to win the award three straight years in a row, but it wasn't the case that the NFL Honors that award this year went to Stephon Gilmore. And don't get me wrong, Stephon Gilmore had a great season. Six interceptions, 18 pass deflected, two touchdowns. He had 53 total tackles. Stephon Gilmore won the award with 21 votes. Chandler Jones came in second with 14. TJ Watt with 10. Although Donald says this doesn't bother him, I see him putting this chip on his shoulder, working even harder, and coming back stronger in 2020, which is a scary thing for the rest of the NFL. For more NFL news, subscribe to the Locked On NFL Podcast only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This one's for you, right? I, I did the last one, so you get this one. All right, Jake Stilwell says, I know many will disagree. That's always a good start. <laughs> but the Dolph, oh, this is bad. But the Dolphins should skip the 2020 draft and take Chase Young, focus on the trenches, and then pick either Sunshine Fields or whoever rises to the top in 2021. No, because if you're Chris Greer, you're going to get fired if you do that. If the Dolphins elect to not draft a quarterback and commit themselves, listen, I, I've had a lot of questions. You know, why did the Dolphins trade for Josh Rosen? The Dolphins trade a second round pick for Josh Rosen. And as time has developed, you, you're seeing this more clearly. They were hoping they could take that chance with that lottery ticket and skip the line so that they have a quarterback that comes in and they feel really great about and they can invest in him and they got him on the cheap and great. Then Josh Rosen gets into the building and they're like, oh my God, like nobody's ever taught this guy how to call protections or identify Mike at the line of scrimmage. And like the expectation versus reality based on where Arizona drafted him versus anything that he's ever been taught anywhere in his football playing career. It's such a stark difference that the Dolphins would not be smart to commit themselves to Josh Rosen and be like, well, you know, we can, uh, we can make this work. And then like, if he stinks in 2020 and you get the first round pick, like that's good for the Dolphins long term, but your general manager is going to get fired. You can't go 0 and 16 and then be terrible again the next year and not expect an owner to fire somebody. It's just the way it is. So when the Dolphins saw how far behind Rosen was, I think that's why you saw this roster purge, right? Like they gave him all the way till the end of the preseason and they were like, well, light bulb didn't come on. So what are we going to do? Well, this is our year to make the regression happen. Let's not commit to Josh. And then if the light bulb comes on for Josh, then we can turn around, give him reps somewhere along the line, and we could trade him and try and recoup our pick. I think my the thing I'm looking forward to most in terms of following your takes throughout this process is where you where you settle on with Tua and Herbert. You know, and, and if you believe either one's going to be a better choice for Miami and how comfortable you will be with either. And I know we got a lot of football to get to, right, to get there. Yeah. 
But that's, I mean, from my perspective, and maybe that'll dictate a lot of the content you write in the coming months. That's what I want to see from you. And that's what I want to learn from you. Well, and you know, that was, you know, you talked about Herbert having more physical talent. That was the tiebreaker for me putting Herbert QB1 over the summer over Tua. Yeah. Because I said that the ceiling is higher with Justin Herbert. But the in between the ear stuff and the poise and composure under pressure and like all that stuff favors Tua. And Tua's playing less hero ball this year, right? Now he hasn't. Yes. I mean, South Carolina's the best team he's played. Well, he's played South Carolina and Duke, two decent, you know, teams, right? Like they're not LSU. You don't play LSU and, uh, you know, Auburn every week. But here's the reality like, I think he's doing a better job of, of, of taking what's available, still making plenty of big plays. But the, you know, the, some, the addition of Steve Sarkeesian as the play caller there is is transcendent for Tua's projection in the next level. It's correct. huge. Correct. That's There's a lot of layers to that, but I agree with you. Uh, all right. Glazer's out. Pat Shermer <laughs> makes Ben McAdoo look like a decent head coach. He and uh, defensive coordinator James Betcher need to go. Uh, James Betcher has proven to coordinate good defense in the NFL. With Arizona, he was top six all three seasons that he was a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. for 41 years old. I mean, he's proven he can coordinate good defense. Um, Pat Shermer's just not an inspiring coach, right? He got that job based on probably his relationship with Gettleman and then just what he did in 2017 with Case Keenum. He was a bad coach with the Browns. I, I don't know. Like he doesn't, he's not an inspiring personality. I've been around Pat Shermer. He's kind of a dud. Like you just don't get the feel that that guy's the leader of an NFL locker room, right? When you're near him. I did. Did I, was that bad? I'm, he's just a funny visualization here. Isn't it true? I mean, show me the lie, right? Like I don't. I was at his press conference at the combine. I'm like, this guy, like, really? So, um, that's a pregame pep talk, right? Yeah. I'm sure I want to run through 10 walls for that guy. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, I'm not a big fan of Pat Shermer. I think he deserves more credit criticism than Betcher. I don't necessarily like the way New York's defense looks right now under Betcher, but the fact that he's proven capable of coordinating good defense, I think that's, they they don't have good pass rushers period. Like, what do you want Betcher to do? Not play zone coverage with DeAndre Baker. Okay, fair point. <laughs> I mean, that's really it. That's really it. They're 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 so crossed up on the back end right now. Um, and I know that they the guys were in and out all preseason long, and that stuff really matters. But this team, this defense, is not ready to place on Sundays right now at their secondary, at least. So, all right, here we go. Jared says, "For uh, first one in a long time." This I don't know where this came from. Quarterbacks who wear different color cleats than teammates. Usually the team's secondary slash accent color is where it's at. Jalen Hurts, Wilson, Josh Allen all do it. Hashtag takes on takes. Hashtag prime cleat game. I have no knowledge of the depth of this take. But what I do know is I'm a very big subscriber of you have to look good to play good. Right? Yeah. And I'm also a proponent of shoe swag. You know, my favorite sneakers are just like, Plain white run, Nike running shoes, but you got plenty of basketball shoes. Loud you got some colors. like neon green shoes, man. Yeah, I've seen them. yeah. So yeah. like I I appreciate good shoe game. So if a quarterback has a good shoe game, it's probably going to be a guy I want to play for. How's that? I like to hear that. Yeah. Take from the sports nut, dude. The sports nut has been fired up on Twitter this week. I don't know if he's been <laughs> tweeting you as much as he's been tweeting me. But I, I I light up every time I see him come into the mentions. He's all fired up, and he's he's hit us up, I think, two more times after he initially submitted this take based on what's happening with Cam right now in Carolina. Yeah. Takes on takes. 
Cam pulls an Andrew Luck at season's end, and the Panthers draft a quarterback in round one. Whoo, um, man, uh, the market wouldn't wouldn't surprise me, man. Um, came out uh, today that Cam Newton was not at practice, and he informed the team after the loss on Thursday that he was having some issues with his foot. And uh, this is a beat up dude, man. Whether it's his foot or his shoulder, he's beat up. And one side of me doesn't think that a guy like Cam Newton, who's really billed himself as an entertainer and an icon and a personality uh, and a guy that I think wants to be great at football is ready to stop. Uh, but at the same time, right. I mean, he, he seemed like a pretty humbled guy at his press conference after that loss to the Tampa Bay, he's got his new, uh, you know, bar lounge restaurant in Atlanta uh, that he's been spending a lot of time at, and maybe he wants to pursue those interests. Right. I, I mean, there's one hand of me that says, look, this is a guy that wants to get another big payday in the NFL. His contract's up after 2020, but this is a beat-up dude. He's got young kids. He's got this new restaurant, and it would not surprise me, not even a little bit. We'll see. Maybe, look, I mean, Kyle Allen's probably going to start this Sunday, and maybe he can make the offense more productive in terms of its passing efficiency. We'll see. Charlie Gross, <laughs> he says, Jimmy Garoppolo is a modern-day <laughs> Rob Johnson. Shoot me in the head. The Bills traded a first-round pick for Rob Johnson. <laughs> he started one game. He started this game against the Colts in like uh, week 16 one year. He was like 30 of 33 for like 300-something yards, three touchdowns. Bills give him a first-round pick that turned out to be Fred Taylor for the Jaguars. Anyways, Listen, what, that that's yeah. the equivalent of the uh, the A.J. Feely trade the Dolphins made in the early 2000s. Remember that? Remind me of the terms. Yeah, no, I don't. I do, but I don't remember the terms. AJ Feely started like two games for the Eagles, and Miami gave him an early second round pick for him. Christ. (laughs) And and Feely, I think, went on to start like four games for the Dolphins. It was just absolute dog shit the entire time. At least Rob Johnson had arm talent, right? Like, yeah, yeah, no, like AJ didn't even have that. I think the best thing AJ did is he he had a comeback win against the Patriots when the Dolphins were wearing their orange alternate uniforms. It was like a prime time game, and they ended up coming back from like two scores down in the final five minutes of the game and won 22-21. <laughs> it's the only thing AJ Feely ever did. Worth a second round pick, you tell me. Um how did how long did Rob Johnson play for the Bills? Oh, I don't think long. Years? Maybe th- maybe three seasons. Yeah, he the first year he was there, Doug Flutie kind of held on to that job and then they benched Doug Flutie for the playoffs. Rob Johnson, we all know about the uh, Music City game. Uh, then he came back and started a year, and then I think by some point in the next season, he was cut. So so I think the, the, the 49ers are probably looking at a greater return on investment than what the Bills got out of Rob Johnson. Is that a fair Rob statement? Johnson started a playoff game for the Bills, sir. Oh, he was but, in the Bills for four years. One, but, he two, didn't, three, four. He, but he didn't quarterback the Bills to the playoffs. They just put him in. Over Drew, or Doug, over, over Doug. Doug, over Doug. Look, right? all I'm saying, all, all I'm saying is, he's, you know, just like Nate Peterman, Nate Peterman has played in playoff games for the Buffalo Bills. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better return on investment than what you get with Rob Johnson. Yeah, last take of, so. take of the day. Last take of the day. Last take of the day. RJ Scorpion. I have some thoughts on this too, but I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. Really. Of the older quarterbacks, Big Ben is the one most likely to retire first. He has already discussed it, doesn't handle losing well, i.e. Big Baby. His words, (laughs) not mine. 
and his style is not for the old, the field. Eli, Breeze, Rivers, Rogers, question mark. He is 35 and had injuries, takes on takes. His statement certainly sounded like a guy that wasn't ready to stop playing football. Um, so there's that piece of it. It's interesting, right? He was so critical of the organization for drafting Mason Rudolph because they couldn't help the team. Well, here we are, brother. And he didn't want to be a mentor or anything like that. He didn't want to help him. Now he's all about it. He wants to be a team guy. Mason yeah, he's effectively to- said like he wants to step into like a right an assistant coach type role this offseason or th- this season. What the hell, Ben? Uh, so he doesn't sound like a guy that's done. You see Eli Manning having a, a career as a backup. He's already, he's been benched, right? Daniel Jones era has started in New York. You think Eli is going to ride the pine for a couple years? Nah, dude. Breeze ain't done. Rivers ain't done. Rogers ain't. I think Eli's the first one out. I think Breeze is more likely to go than Ben, too. <sighs> Breeze is pissed off, man. I'm sure he is, but he's going to come back this year. Right. You know, Ben, do you, you have you seen Ben's contract situation? No. He's got uh, a massive signing bonus. Uh, signed a two-year, $68 million contract extension with the Steelers. <laughs> All right, so he signed. I'm pulling up spot rack right now. Yep. So he signed through 2021. They can get out of the deal after next year and have $12.5 million in dead cap, but they'll have to pay him 31 so there'll, there'll be a lot of dead cap. Look at the roster uh, bonus each of those years. Jesus, yeah. You think Ben's walking away from that? No, he's got a lot of money on the table. So Ben's not out. Ben, Ben's going to be around. What's going to be interesting is if Mason Rudolph plays well. Right. That becomes fascinating as far as what Pittsburgh chooses to do. Because I don't, I don't think you'll see a team trade for this contract either. And Pittsburgh's That's not, interesting too. And Pittsburgh's not going to cut him for $25 million in, in dead cap next year. No, he's playing somewhere through 2021. Yes. Who would trade for Ben? I mean, this is a realistic conversation, Kyle. Mason Rudolph stepping in. This organization loves him. If he plays well, you're, I mean, you're not going back to Ben, right? I mean, who's a team that, that is a vertical-style passing game that... Carolina, Dave Tepper. They could. <laughs> Carolina is such a fascinating team right now, aren't Joe, they? Joe, what if, what if Tampa lets Jameis walk? Lord. I I just got some chills. I just got chills. (laughs) Save the soundbite, Kyle. If that happens. Yeah, a team like that. Bruce didn't come to to Tampa to fart around for a few years and and groom a young brother. Right. Right. I I know Tampa likes – Tampa still likes Jameis. So I doubt that happens. But – if Mason think, Rudolph comes in and balls out. I don't if know, he man. looks competent. If he looks like he's the guy. What, what do you do? You, do? You, can't go, you can't go back to Ben. No, you have to start moving forward. But you have financially capped yourself so hard with what you're paying Ben Roethlisberger, you're going to have to get him off your roster. You have to. Could be Tampa. That's, that's fascinating. Tampa or Carolina. There you go. Lock it in. Fun. Old takes exposed us. I don't care. No, I we're don't speculating. Care. We're speculating, but then we're going to dunk if we're right. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Thanks for listening to Draft Dudes, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Takes on Takes. Send your hot takes to us at the Joe Marino at Grinding the Tape for next week. Every Tuesday, lock it in. Come see us tomorrow. Uh, Thursday, we're talking college football spreads. Hopefully a little bit more success this week versus last week, Joe. We had a little rough go. I need to make some money on my bookie, man. Yeah. You know what to do. I know. You got the promo code and everything. It's perfect. I've already cashed it in, brother. Excellent. Very good. Come back, see us again tomorrow, Joe. I'm not sure what we're talking about, but if you have any ideas, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.